Proverbs 8, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 36, and it's on page 641. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city, at the entrances, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, gain understanding. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. For my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behaviour and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. By me kings reign and rulers make laws that are just. By me princes govern and all nobles who rule on earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honour, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full. The Lord brought me forth as the first work of his hands before his deeds of old. I was appointed from eternity, from the beginning, before the world began. When there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills I was given birth, before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world. I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so that the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways, 
Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favour from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. Good evening. We'll do keep that uh, passage open and we'll try and uh, go through that uh, this evening. Shall we pray as we begin? Loving Father, gracious God, we thank you that you're a God who speaks, a God who shares your wisdom with us. And we pray as we reflect on your words to us this evening that we might be encouraged and spurred on and challenged to live rightly. And we pray this in the name of your dear son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I wonder, have you ever found yourself torn between two different options? Both look really attractive. Both demand your attention, crave your attention. And both seek to entice you to their choice, that choice. But as you look at these two options, you know that one option is good and wise And the other option is is bad, foolish. And yet, even that bad, foolish one, that option, it looks attractive. It looks tempting. You know it would be a foolish choice. But it's like a swimming pool, isn't it, on a gorgeous, scorching, hot summer's day. It's like a swimming pool and you see it and it entices you towards it. You want to get in because of what you think it offers. We face choices like that daily, some of them big, some of them small. Every day in big and little things, we have to make a decision between a wise option and a foolish option. I wonder, perhaps you've been lucky enough to have two suitors, two people vying for your love. I can't say that's ever been my personal experience, but maybe you can relate to that. Two options trying to entice you into a relationship with them, craving your attention. And as you weigh up these two suitors, one looks wise, a wise choice, and one is foolish. And yet still there's something about that foolish option that you can't help but be drawn towards. Now, I use that illustration of two suitors because... According to Proverbs, that is the conundrum that each one of us actually finds ourselves in. Because according to Proverbs chapter 8 and chapter 9, there are two women that crave, that desire our attention. uh, Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And these two women represent two worldviews, two ways of understanding and interpreting the world's the wise way, the way of wisdom, and the way of folly. And the young man that this chapter is addressed to is, well, it's, it's us, it's men and women. It's us, and we've been confronted with a choice. Chapters 8 and 9 of Proverbs are asking you, who will you follow? Lady Wisdom or Lady Folly? 
Now, as you go through the first nine chapters of Proverbs, uh, you'll see that uh, the chapters personify wisdom. What I mean by that is that wisdom is, is turned into a person, in this case, a lady. And, and the aim of that is to help us to connect more with this life of wisdom and this life of folly, to make them more real, to help illustrate the starkness of the choice before us. So tonight, we're going to meet Lady Wisdom. Uh, we're not going to have time to meet Lady Folly. But I suggest, maybe over the next week, you read chapter 9 and you get to know her. Not too well, but just a bit. Because as you get to know Lady Folly, you'll see the stark contrast of wisdom and folly. And this evening, through Lady Wisdom, we're going to see four things about God's wisdom. We're going to see the call of wisdom, the fruit of wisdom, the divine origin of wisdom, and the blessing of wisdom. And they should come up behind me. So firstly then, the call of wisdom. If you ever speak to someone just after they've made a, a foolish decision, they'll often say something like this, I had no idea it would turn out like that. And what they mean is to say, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what the wise choice was. I didn't know what wisdom looked like in that situation. And sometimes there is an element of truth in that, isn't there? But the thing is, we can never claim that when it comes to God's wisdom. Because God's wisdom is not hidden for us, from us. Just look at verses 1 to 4 of chapter 9. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice on the heights along the way where the paths meet? She takes a stand. Beside the gates leading into the city, at the entrances, she cries aloud, To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. Lady Wisdom shouts out to all mankind, and not just to a select few. And notice she cries out in the public places, places where the people are, city gates, the places where the paths meet, the high points that everyone can see. God's wisdom is not hidden away. It's shouted out to us all. And so the question for us all this evening is this. God's wisdom is there. Will you listen? Look at verse 6. Lady Wisdom says, Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. I wonder uh, when was the last time you said, or perhaps you wanted to say, I told you so. I have the privilege of sharing an office with Steve Sweets. And uh, Steve has a, a unique approach to admin. And uh, one of the things I've often had to refrain from saying is, I told you so. Have you ever said that? Felt that? You see, when you have a conversation with someone and you can see... That Steve doesn't do this very often. You can see an option... And you can see it's a bad choice. You can see it's a foolish choice. And you say, you say, look, can't you see what you're doing? But people don't believe you. People don't want to listen. In fact, they refuse to listen. That's really frustrating, isn't it? And it's almost as if Lady Wisdom this evening pleads with us not to do the same thing with her words. Verse 6, I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. 
All of the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. Lady Wisdom is saying, listen to my words, for my wisdom is true and good and fair. She doesn't lie to us. She doesn't deceive us. So, the truth from Lady Wisdom this evening is that God's wisdom has been made known to the whole of mankind. And tonight, she calls us to listen. Will you listen? Wisdom comes to us in a number of ways. It comes to us through God's words. But also it comes to us as brothers and sisters in Christ speak that word to us. They speak wisdom into our lives. And when people challenge us, challenge the way we live, or perhaps uh, make a suggestion that a decision we've made wasn't a very good one, our natural response can be not to listen. We don't want to listen because no one likes to be told they're in the wrong. But Lady Wisdom would encourage us to listen, even if it's painful, even if it's humbling, because it's God's wisdom that is right, not our own. And if we ignore God's wisdom, what we effectively say is that God's wisdom is not good, it's not true, it's not fair. And that our wisdom is right. And when we think like that, we would do well to remember that God's wisdom is always right. It is only ever our thinking that is wrong, selfish or unfair. And that's why as we sit under God's wisdom, verse 9, this is true. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Do you see what the writer is saying? saying, those who know and listen will see and experience that God's wisdom is right and true and fair. God's call of wisdom has been spoken. Will you listen? Well, one of the ways to get people to listen is to incentivize listening, isn't it? Imagine I began my sermon to you this evening by saying this. The person who can uh, most accurately come up to me afterwards and explain the content of my sermon will receive £10,000. Okay, imagine I said that. If I did, I reckon there would be no sleepers tonight. That would be a first during one of my sermons. You see, if there is a, a reward, something that makes it worthwhile to listen, we listen attentively. You would listen to every detail. You would take heed. Well, Lady Wisdom wants to persuade us to listen by pointing us to the fruit of wisdom, the fruit of listening to wisdom. And what she offers surpasses any amount of money. Verse 10 and 11. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. Why wisdom? Because it's precious. There's nothing in this world that, that can surpass God's wisdom. Do you believe that? I mean, if you're anything like me, you probably struggle to believe that. But I wonder if that's because we are guilty of thinking too much about our individual lives rather than the corporate goods of the human race. 
Because look what the fruit of humanity, the fruit of a humanity full of wisdom would be. Verse 12, we would be a people full of knowledge and discretion. Verse 13 would be a people who hate evil, pride and arrogance. Verse 14 would be a people with wise counsel and sound judgment. And verse 15, kings and rulers would rule over us and they would make just and fair laws. Can you imagine how good it would be to live in a world full of people with a wisdom like that? be wonderful. You see, if we can look beyond our selfish individual desires for wealth, then we can see that what, it, what wisdom offers humanity, money can't buy. It offers us a creation as God intended it to be. And so a wise people then are truly rich. Verse 18, with me are riches and honour, Lady Wisdom says. Enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the rays of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full. And so the question for us this evening is this. Which treasure will you seek? The treasure of this world, of money and rubies and stuff? Or the treasure of God's wisdom? See, what can be more precious than a humanity living selflessly under God's law? Lady Wisdom promises us true wealth. And to turn our backs on her for any other worldly riches or treasures is, as you'll see in chapter 9, to walk right into the beckoning arms of Lady Folly. Choose wisely, the writer says, who you will follow, which treasure you will seek. But why? But why then? If these things are true, why still is wisdom so important? Why does our wisdom or lack of it make such a big difference to how we experience this world? Well, we see that, I think, uh, thirdly in verses 22 to 31, where we see, through Lady Wisdom, the divine origin of wisdom. So in verse 22 to 23, we see that wisdom was with God from eternity. Now, these verses are quite hard to translate, but I think the gist of the verses, the best way to understand them and the most accurate translation is probably in the footnotes at the bottom of page 642. See the little C down the bottom, verse 22. And as you read that, I think that brings forth the, the meaning of these verses. What these verses are saying is that wisdom was not something created by God, but something that God possessed for all eternity and brought forth brought it to bear as he created the world. And then you have this wonderful, poetic description of wisdom being with God at the beginning. Verse, 20, verse 24, when there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there, no, there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world. I was there when he set the heavens in place. When he marked out the horizon of the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above. And fixed securely the fountains of the deep. 
when he gave the sea its boundary so that the waters would not overstep his commands and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. What a glorious picture of God's creative work and power. And where was wisdom? Right there with him. However, verse 30, Lady Wisdom wasn't just present before creation, she was active in creation. Verse 30, there I was, the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in the whole world and delighting in mankind. I've grappled with these verses this week and, and what it means, but I, I think it's, it's this. God delighted in and through his wisdom to create a good world and humankind. Why is that important? Well, uh, imagine this, okay? Imagine you are given an incredibly sophisticated uh, piece of software or piece of technology, the most sophisticated technology ever made. And you're given it and you're told to make the most of it. Now, the, perhaps the most tech-savvy person in some areas, and there are a few of those, uh, would have a look at it and would begin to make some progress, would begin to explore, would understand a little bit of how it works. But without some sort of instructions, some sort of understanding of how this software or piece of tech works, they would only be able to go so far. That is, unless the designer came and sat down with them and showed you, showed us how to use it, talked you through how it works, showed you its functionality, gave you the instructions and enabled us to maximise its capacity. But there's only one person who'd be able to do that and that would be the designer. And so it is for us. I think the point of these verses is this. The wisdom with which God delighted to design the world is the same wisdom we need to understand it. I'll say that again. The wisdom with which God delighted to design the world is the same wisdom we need to understand it. So I think what these verses are saying is this. Without God's wisdom, we are truly incapable of understanding God's word. Here's um, a, uh, a quote I've really loved this week as I've reflected on these verses. It's this. God has built or etched an order into the world. So as God makes the world, he, he creates it with an order. And wisdom, personified as a woman, is the key to discerning it. Wisdom thus offers us the key to interpreting our world, its beginnings, its purpose, its shape, and its direction. She can guide us in walking wisely in this life because she knows the places that God carved out for us. How does she know that? Because she was there. Because the world was made through her, through God's wisdom. So if you want to understand God's world, you need wisdom. The wisdom with which God delighted to design the world is the same wisdom we need to understand its order. And so the question for us is this, can you live without wisdom? See, if you want to live, 
you want to understand the way that God has ordered his world, if you want to live in a way that cuts with the grain of God's creation and not against it, if you want to live a life that is fruitful and full of treasure, then you need God's wisdom. Without it, you, you live in a world that appears to lack purpose, lack shape, lack direction. And inevitably, your life will reflect the devastating consequences of that lack of order. But actually, it's even more important than that, isn't it? Because, fourthly, Lady Wisdom shows us the life wisdom gives. See, verse 32, uh, Lady Wisdom returns to her plea. Returns to her plea to us to listen to her instructions, to be wise, to not ignore her. And we must take her words seriously. Why? Because of verse 35. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favour from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. You see, whether or not we listen to God's wisdom is a matter of life and death. Well, let's go back to where we started. We started, didn't we, saying in Proverbs chapter 8 and 9, two women, Lady Wisdom and Lady Volley, Volley, vie, for our attention. They represent two different ways of understanding the world. But these two women are serious. It is serious how we respond to these two women because one, following one, leads to life. Following the other, leads to death. We realise in Proverbs chapter 1 that wisdom begins with a fear of the Lord. A love for God that recognises his his rule and folly rejects that God and project, rejects his rule. Wisdom brings life, folly brings death. And so the question for us this evening is, is very simple it's will you choose life? Now, if you're, if you're not yet a Christian, then thank you so much for coming. You are really welcome. And I hope this evening has helped you to understand some of the Christian faith. But if that's you, then this evening, In the words of verse 5 of chapter 8, Lady Wisdom calls to you to listen to wisdom so that you might gain understanding. How do you do that? How do you gain understanding? Well, we could be tempted to think that the answer is to read your Bible. But actually, that's not the answer, is it? You see, as we read Lady Wisdom, she reminds us of someone else. She reminds us of someone else who was with God from eternity. Someone else through whom and by whom the world was made. Someone else who reveals true wisdom and calls us to listen. Someone else who offers us life. Lady Wisdom is a shadow of Jesus Christ, the Son of God the one who perfectly displays God's wisdom, the one who reveals the order, purpose, shape and direction of the world. Life is found in him and by listening to him. So it is to reject Jesus that is the ultimate folly and is to love death. 
So Lady Wisdom this evening encourages us to, to listen to Christ, to turn to him and accept him. Uh, but what if you're already a Christian? Well, if you're already a Christian, then in Proverbs terms, you're, you're not a fool. For you have not rejected Christ, so you've not rejected God's wisdom. In that sense, you are wise. You're in the wise category. However, again, in the words of chapter 8, verse 5, you might be simple. To be simple in Proverbs is to know God, but to not live wisely to not make very good decisions. And to be honest, to a greater or lesser extent, all of us are guilty of that. All of us are simple. We, we may well be wise in the ultimate sense, but we're still capable of acting like fools, aren't we? We don't live rightly. So whilst we do not lose out on life in an eternal sense, in Christ our eternity is secure, there is a sense now in which our life will be affected by the decisions we make. For when we make foolish decisions that cut against the grain of creation, we push against the order and shape and purpose and direction of creation. And so it's not surprisingly that as a result we don't experience the blessings of living in this world that we were made to enjoy. And so therefore, ladies, Lady Wisdom's exhortation to us to listen this evening is just as important. Look at verse 34. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. You see, to be blessed in God's world is not to be someone who reluctantly listens, seeks wisdom in every other place, and then finally, when that's exhausted, turns to God and says, oh, can you help? No, no, no. Blessing is found in actively and um, expectantly and attentively listening to God. Someone who watches at the doors, waits, longs, desires to hear God's wisdom. And so, as we read God's word, as we seek God's wisdom, as we listen to wise counsel from Christian friends, let's be alert and attentive. Let's long to hear God's wisdom and apply it to our lives. And so when we think about what job we might do, how we're going to spend our time and money, who you might marry, how you might discipline and disciple your kids, how you conduct your relationships, how you care for elderly relatives, how you support friends, how you serve the church. Listen to the wisdom of God and make wise choices. And if you do that, you will experience God's blessing, not truly, because that will be only in the new creation, but in part as we continue to live in God's world, sinful and broken, and yet restored in Christ. Let's pray. Loving Father, gracious God, we acknowledge this evening that often we are slow to listen to your wisdom and quick to listen to folly, the wisdom of the world. And yet we thank you that in Christ there is grace and forgiveness. 
And we pray that with your Spirit's help, we might be that man or woman who listens, who watches daily, waiting for you, seeking your wisdom, and striving to apply it to every little decision we make of our lives. And we pray this in Jesus Christ's precious name. Amen.